That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net with comedy so ninja, you might not even know it's there. Mm. I'm Eric mm. Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And welcome to another fantastic episode, once again. Oh, yeah. uh, we have a very special all-ninja episode. Well, the roulette anyway. Yeah. Then we'll be getting into a director spotlight, which changed from last episode. And, and we got a bunch of recently watched to cover, as usual. So let's not waste any more uh, time. Let's dive right into it. And uh, we had American Ninja 2, The Confrontation against enter the ninja i'll go first okay unless you really want to no go for it okay american ninja 2 the confrontation is a uh canon group film starring michael dudikoff and uh, it's about ninjas and it's from 1987 and that's all you need to know if you need to know anything else, then you don't know anything about any of the words I just said. <laughs> yep. Over to you. Yep. <laughs> there um, literally is nothing else to say. But if if you know, then you know, and if you don't know, well, then you're get probably educated. not going to like it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. Total thumbs up. Back to you. Oh yeah, yeah. Me too. I, I watched it, of course, and yeah, total thumbs up. Yeah. So okay, and and on that note, enter the ninja. 1981, a canon movie, <laughs> um, starring uh, Franco Nero, who happens to also be Django, the original Django. Uh, Susan George is in this, and uh, Sho Kasuji, he yep. kicks ass, by the way, and Christopher yep. George. Christopher George, for those of you that don't know who Christopher George is, he's one of my favorite uh, old school horror actors. He was in uh, numerous uh, Italian schlock horror movies. Pieces being one of them. He was a detective in Pieces. Uh, he was in a Lucio Fulci. I mean, he's he's been around. He's he's no longer with us, but uh, he's he's great. Um, and also the grandpa from Silent Night Deadly Night is in this as the comic relief. I loved that. I also <laughs> got a chance to watch Enter the Ninja. <laughs> and uh, I was surprised. I was I was going to be shocked if you didn't mention that because I did a whole bunch of research on that guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so so now officially I've seen him in Silent Night, Deadly Night, Enter the Ninja, and Back to the Future. Yep. Like All three of those, I'm like, good to go. Okay. But anyway, so Enter the Ninja, pretty much uh, just like Eric said, uh, what I just said, if you didn't like what you just heard, then don't watch it. But if you're like, ooh, then watch it because it's awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was I, actually, I was kind of shocked be- between the two. Um, I actually ended up liking American Ninja 2 better than Enter the Ninja, which is kind really? of surprising for me. Yeah, I thought there was some drag in Enter the Ninja. There was, and there was, there there was, was drag. There was a lot of slow parts, and like I, there were a couple times where I thought about making notes about these movies while I was watching them, and then I just kept coming back to its canon group, 1980s, yeah. Ninja's... No. The only way to properly review these movies, and we might actually do this, is to do a full commentary track for the Ooh, movies. Yes. And 
and just rip it all the way through, man. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah. They're, they're hilarious. I mean, and th- these are not to be taken serious, obviously, but they're just a blast. They're just, they're in a, they're from a time where this type of movie was just, check your brain at the door. There's no high art here. It's just good guys versus bad guys on cheap sets and hammy dialogue, hammier dress, dressing, and it's, they're, they're I love them. Yeah, is... No, you're you're totally right, but in in a way, there is a little bit of high art in there because it is really hard to make a movie that perfectly balances the cheese, knows what it is, and is so stupid and yet so fantastic. Because yes. when they try and and do do it bone a ninja boneheaded movie like this, it's too many times you're like this is like, it's so stupid, you're like, you can't even laugh at it, because you're like, it, it's hard to explain, but canon just walks that fine line, and it just works so well. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And what's cool is that they, like, almost across the board, I've seen horror canon movies, action canon movies, science fiction canon movies, and they all kind of, sort of have the same feel to it. Like, we know. We're, we're in on it. We, we know. <laughs> we know that you know. <laughs> that you know, that we know. Yes. That, <laughs> that we're silly, but we're we're spending millions of dollars on these silly things. and Just just having a ball. It's all about a passion for cinema, and you can tell they've got it, and they're just having a ball. And they're trying their damnedest, but they're just bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. And I love it. Uh, it's, it's, you know, and I, I, again, I tried to th- start trying to figure out a review for it, and I, I can't do it. It's a, It would be a running commentary... I would have, it would take me the whole entire show to read you the notes that I would have had from either of these films. Yeah, and and and, well, yeah, we, we've <laughs> there. It's they're ninjas from the eighties, and it's canon. It, and I remember growing up uh, when the VHS stores were so popular. I would just oogle over like there was the horror section, and then there was the there were these movies where I'm mm-hmm. like, that looks so cool. You know this badass-looking ninja on the cover, and you know some of the, some of the canon movies were in bigger boxes too. Even I'm like, oh, American Ninja, and you know, <laughs> Ninja Three: The Domination, and yeah. I just it was exterminators. Awesome. I yes, remember exterminators. exterminators. Yes. guy with a big flamethrower, <laughs> yes. <and a> mask, <laughs> yeah, and Chuck Norris, Code of Silence, and all all those, yeah. Uh, so. Fantastic. But that, that that was a win-win roulette right there. It was. It made up for uh, the, the last episode's just oh. god-awful everything. Yes. <sighs> anyway, yes. well, let's move on to the next round. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Because I have compiled uh, one hell of a weird list for I, you. You know what? I can't wait. I Bring him on. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Because of last episode's mall uh, travesty disaster, I was very motivated to do proper research and make sure we got roulette-worthy picks on this. Okay. And so all of these have passed the trailer test. That's like okay. stage three for me. So I went all the way to make sure that these okay. looked viable. Uh, first up is from 2015. Um, it is... And I've also got a variety of uh, lengths. Oh, okay. So in order to make up for the short ones, I got a couple of long ones. You might have to... Uh, I may, Your decision, I can't wait to see what you're going to pick, because I have no clue which way you're going to go. Okay. Um, 2015. This one's 59 minutes long. PG-13. My Life, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. 
Uh, film director Nicholas Wenning Reffin of Drive fame mm-hmm. uh, reveals his work habits and vulnerability in this intimate documentary shot by his wife. And it was shot during the making of uh, the last one with Ryan Gosling. Uh, not Drive, but um, the the one in Thailand, the uh, oh, boxing. Oh, uh, God... Um... God forgives. Yeah, only God forgives. Only God forgives. Yeah, it was made during the the making of that movie. Um, interesting look into their family. Uh, um, eh, we'll see. Maybe uh, it's almost got to be at least somewhat entertaining, and it's only an hour long. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up is uh, preservation. Okay. Sorry, spelled this wrong. Yeah, I saw that. I added that to my list because it's. It sounded interesting. It was from the director of the home movie with the uh, satanic creepy kids, the found footage movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's got an impossibly cool cover, but I went and watched the trailer. Looks like it might be a little slow. Don't watch the trailer because it gives away way too much. Oh, Um, of course. But I figured that would work for the roulette. 88 minutes. Three urbanites venture into the backwoods for a brush with nature that goes horribly awry when they find themselves being pursued by masked killers. Uh, okay, and I'm going to just move right on. That one I would probably put as about the weak one on the on the list. Okay. Uh, next up is from 2013, and it's called Pioneer, 111 minutes. At the birth of the Nordic oil boom of the 1980s, a diver begins to suspect a conspiracy involving a team of Americans and the Norwegian government. Starring uh, Norwegian, Norwegian, directed by Norwegian, and starring Wes Bentley. Oh, good. Great. But I went and watched the trailer. You know how I feel about Wes. Oh, I know. So I went and watched the trailer, and it looked really good. And oh. Good enough for me to even add it to my queue, despite Mr. Bentley and his oh. quote-unquote talents. Uh, this was directed by the uh, guy that made Insomnia, the original Insomnia, which Ooh, is a fantastic really? movie. And the trailer looked kind of like a more realistic version of The Abyss, except with sci-fi and aliens, replaced with thriller and conspiracy. It looked damn good. Oh, dude. wow. Well, that, okay. And, and it under, mostly underwater movie, I would guess. Lots of diving okay. to the depths and that kind of stuff. And, and it, looked, it didn't look like one of these cheapy... No, no, it looked like a James Cameron movie. Like, it looked expensive. It did not look cheap at all. Okay. Um, and always going for... Uh, <laughs> A widespread for you from 1958. Oh, gee. <laughs> Starring Vincent Price. Oh, already thumbs up. Okay. 94 minutes. The original The Fly. An obsessive wow. scientist invents a matter transporter but suffers horribly when he uses himself as a test subject and a fly gets caught in the machine. I've seen the original. I've always heard, or I've seen the, the remake, Cronenberg's uh, remake, which is fantastic. Yeah. I've always heard the original is great. I've never got around to watching it. I need to. I probably will, despite whatever review you come back with, but there you go. Okay. Um, next up is from 1974. And come on. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Starring Peter Fonda and Susan George. Oh, this is my. A car chase movie of sorts, a heist movie. Uh, race car driver Larry Rader teams with mechanic Deke Summers to steal $150,000 from a store. On the run, they pick up fiery hitchhiker Mary Coombs. 
Uh, so yeah, like Two Lane Blacktop or whatever those you know the other road movies. It seems like the at least that's what the poster on Netflix is selling. Yep. Um, and then lastly, this is the longest one by a good stretch. Uh, from 1981. Again, I've got just about every decade in here. <laughs> Man, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. This is going to be hard. 124 minutes. Uh, 1981. This is one of his early works. Michael Mann directed James Caan in Thief. Now, I actually own this movie, but it's been so long since I watched it, I can't remember. Was it good? Was it not? I remember it kind yeah. of being... Oh, that was okay. And... That's yeah, early Michael Mann, I kind of see it, but it's been so long, and I want to rewatch it, but I thought it's been long enough that I can actually throw it on the blind roulette sure. again. yep. And 124 minutes, but it's Michael Mann. There you go. That's all the breaks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. You really, uh... Oof. That's tough. Because Pioneer, uh, that sounds really good, but... Uh, the uh, preservation movie also is intriguing because one, it's a horror movie, and two, it's uh, from the guy that made Home Movie, and I really liked Home Movie. I honestly, I would probably put Preservation at the very bottom of this list. Really? I mean, I watched the trailer, and it's that backwoods thriller. Is it this guy? Is it that guy? Is it masked bad guys? Like, it might take a while to get started. That one is the most chancy of the list in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Damn. Um, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, you, you, I mean, you sold me at, at 70s road movie. Like, from what you said there, immediately I'm thinking maybe kind of, sort of, a Quentin Tarantino death proof type thing. Possibly. Actually, I didn't watch the trailer on that one. My bad. I, okay. But, Peter Fonda, Susan I know, George, Pe- that's kind of big stuff. Yeah. Ugh. And the fly Vincent Price. <laughs> Are you kidding if you me? Need, if you need some time to think about it, go ahead and rule out my picks. Um, and even my life, that even sounds intriguing. Um, 59 minutes. I know, I know, but all the other ones... Okay, I'm going to... Th- I, I have to think about this just a little bit, so I'm going to okay. give you mine. That's fine. Uh, okay, so we're starting out with a movie called... Uh, let me just pull it up here. Banshee Chapter. There it is. Mm. Uh, 87 minutes from 2013. Journalist Anne Rowland finds a web of government cover-ups while investigating a friend's death in this compelling true story. Gets pretty good reviews on Netflix. A lot of times, that I think sometimes the reviews on Netflix can be very telling of a movie, and there's a, a lot of thumbs up on it. I completely uh, agree. Yeah, so, and I see a lot of four, five, even three-star reviews, but very few less than that. So, um, but I do see found footage on there, so I'm not sure if that's, I mean, eh. Um, 87 minutes, though. Yeah, So, and the cover is awesome. I think that's a cool-looking cover. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's the first one. Next up, I'm going to throw this back on here because it's been on my list forever, and I, I one of us is going to eventually watch that, and that's King of Devil's Island. That's going back. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... It sounds good, and uh, Stellan Skarsgård is in this. I, I have a feeling it's a good movie. Uh, gripping drama tells the true story of the uprising of the notorious uh, Bastoy Boys home correctional facility on a Norwegian island. It just sounds like a... Uh, I don't know. It just sounds good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, next up <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> Here it uh, and, comes. Yeah, yeah, here we go. And this one here is one that, again, it's been on my list forever, and I want to watch it. I'm going to watch it, but I'm like, yeah, maybe I can get you to watch it before. Uh, that is that's, Six Bullets, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Six Bullets. A former oh mercenary Lord, is Look lured, at that cover. <laughs> yeah, but oh, he's got a gun, you see. <laughs> a former mercenary is lured back into the dangerous business of finding missing children when the daughter of a martial arts champ is kidnapped um it's made fairly recently and anymore he i mean jean-claude i think seems to be kind of on an uptick so you never know uh maybe 115 minutes yep this should be about 76 minutes yeah and here's another one i'm throwing back on there because i i told you all of these are on my queue right now mm-hmm. uh and this one here i i do have high hopes for this one hide and seek um it's a South Korean movie, I believe. Tense thriller uh, about a successful cafe owner sees his life turned upside down after his long estranged older brother mysteriously disappears. And some re- I actually did a little research on this one, and some reviews are kind of are, are kind of comparing it a little bit to a cross between a Lovecraftian type movie and uh, the older Giallo movies from like, from Italy. And that yeah. immediately I'm like, ooh, okay. So That's interesting. Um, and I know that you're pretty, I don't want to say forgiving, but you, you like to give a lot of the Asian movies uh, more of a chance than I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm going to keep that one on the list. And It's an hour and 45 okay. minutes. No, so. that's fine. I still have a huge backlist for you as well. So no, yep. no problem. <laughs> um, next up is, you know, this is one that I thought that I had watched and I was wrong. Because um, I actually pressed play on it a little bit and I'm like oh you know what I did because I think you threw this my way once and I'm like ah I've seen that already I have not seen this and that's 1975 The Devil Within Her a stripper regrets spurning the advances of a uh, lecherous dwarf after he curses her unborn children <laughs> months later her newborn son is a vicious monster ooh that might be the leader right now I'm not yeah. gonna lie screw the it Netflix just... stars <laughs> yeah, it just sounds 70s and dwarves and, and yeah. the, the, the cover is insanely weird. Um, but I thought, oh, that, I, I thought that I'd seen that and I'm like, you know what? Um, I, I haven't. And it, the other titles that it used to go at from like on Netflix area, it says, I don't want to be born. That's the other title for this movie. <laughs> Joan Collins and Donald Pleasance. Oh, yeah. this is so bizarro. It might just yeah. have to happen. So, okay, and then um, last up is another one that I'm throwing your way because I'm like, ah, it's still on my list and it still looks good and I don't think that you were like, I think you were like, nope. You're making me me clean up your garbage is what Uh, you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The house at the end of time. That's not happening. Ah, damn it. (laughs) No, no, no. That just screams haunter again and I I took that grenade, so no. (laughs) <laughs> I've actually thought about putting that on your list a couple of times, and I'm like, I, I can't in good conscience do it because Ugh. it looks terrible. Uh, and I also, I, honestly, I actually had uh, preservation on the list for you as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, whatever. That's fine. So, there you go. And if you want to think about it a little bit, I've made my decision for your picks. So. Uh, I'll, go, I'll let you go first, then. Okay. Um, I am going to go with Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, as surprising as that sounds. I, it's 70s, and it's a road movie. I, I have to see that. So. Well, I, I hope 
I hope it's good. I hope it doesn't suck. You never with those road movies that can be hit and miss. You never know. But again, Peter yeah. Fonda. Well, yeah, and, and even even if it's not the greatest, it's going to be seventies filmed. It's going to be shot on film itself instead of a freaking high def, yeah, fake. And so, at least I'll probably enjoy it to on a certain level. But more than likely, Pioneer and Preservation will probably also be happening uh, before the next. Uh, before the next podcast. Hey, and, and maybe like Enter the Ninja, uh, Susan George will be rocking her uh, f- floppy boobs McNobra uh, yes. all, oh, all throughout yes. the movie. I mean, there's, there's, there's never taken that thing off, but lots of slapping up and down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I'm so not sure about you, but... Awkward I, and distracting and yeah. weird. Um, is it just me, or is she not really a good actress, or... Are we really going to break down the acting in yeah, okay, canon moving films? On. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when lodged up there next to Franco Nero's corpse, who's who's pretending to be a ninja wearing all white in the yeah. middle of L.A. or wherever the hell they yes. are. Yeah. Now his voice his voice had to have been dubbed, by the way. Oh, God only knows. And he's rocking that huge porn stash. Oh, I know. It's just, like, oh. It just screams ninja. Like, yes. wearing a white outfit. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you, you, are the, you stand out more than anything, like a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Franco Nero, you see. Yeah. By comparison, <laughs> she's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, so that's what I'm. That's my dirty pick. Mary, crazy Larry. Well, I hadn't, like I said, I had no idea what you were going to pick out of this mess, but I think those all look pretty good. Anyway, um, oh boy, I am down to Devil Within Her and Banshee Chapter. I'm going to let you pick my death. Which is which is it going to be? Oh, really? Yeah, why not? Um, One of those two. Okay, um, you know what? Let's go with Banshee Chapter. Uh, you just did that because you want to watch Devil Within Her. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I will I, remember I, I, this on the next roulette. I, I worked hard to put together a good roulette for you, and you threw me all of your garbage. So no, next no, week, no. next week, <laughs> next week it's on. <laughs> no, you did good. I will say you did you did good. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, honestly, I, I, off, out of all of those... Um, Thief may have been the least, and even that, I, it's like, ooh, I should maybe watch that sometime. It's Michael um, Mann. Yeah, I know. So that's and James Caan. Yeah, but yeah, that's... I remember. No, I remember it being okay. I just and and part of the issue is, I'm going. Was I into uh, '70s, early '80s at that time? Like when I watched it, I can't remember. It's been so long ago. I might not have been into the that era at the time and if so yeah. then my rev- uh, uh, foggy um, memory review is is horribly skewed and, and completely worthless yeah we shall and it see. may be fantastic I also yeah. uh, I also wanted to mention there was a couple of movies dang it I was going to write them down and I totally forgot there were a couple of movies I came across on Netflix that I was surprised were on Netflix that we've talked about that you haven't seen yet one was oh. the following uh, Christopher Nolan. Oh, okay. Uh, another was The Conversation. Oh, really? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, yeah. Both oh, those not... are both those are on Netflix. Uh, and I was going to, like, like, I saw them, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to add that. And I was like, oh, duh, I can't. We're doing a blind. <laughs> I, I Right now, I just added Conversation to my list. 
I hope you like it. It's very 70s, slow, yep. but it's it, that's a fantastic movie. Anyway. You know what? Hey, and real quick here, just because I, yep. I added that and immediately uh, you might also like... Uh, Chinatown popped up. Have you ever seen Chinatown? Uh, I own Quarantine? Chinatown. I've watched it many times. Never seen it. Fantastic film. And That's... have you seen the two? The two J? Is it the two? I haven't Jakes? seen the two Jakes. That's the sequel to Chinatown, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah. Chinatown is Polanski. Back in the day, Polanski. Yeah. And Nicholson. Back in the day, Nicholson. Yeah. It's it's a great film. It's classic uh, film, but so it's a. Uh, a little noirish and a little slower, but it's it's great all the way through. Detective movie, everything you'd expect from from those people and uh, what I've described genre yeah. wise. And awesome! I, it's that's a must see. I own it. It's great. Cool. Okay. That's on every top one hundred list. I don't think it mm, did it sneak into mine. I can't remember. Probably yeah. not. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Let's move on to our director spotlight. Um, okay. And. Last episode I teased it's going to be maybe one of my favorite directors that you might not have heard of, and then I realized the guy's only made about six films theatrically. Yeah. We like to have somebody that's done about ten, so maybe we'll hold off on him just a little bit, but we'll get back to him. I still yeah. really like that guy. Me too. Uh, but instead we decided to go with Sir Ridley Scott. Now this gets real interesting because... Um, it just so happens that the other directors we've done have done ten films, so it was easy, or thereabouts. So it was very yeah. easy to just make a top ten. This guy has done like thirty. I don't even know how many films he did, but uh, we categorized our top ten, and we've got some interesting behind the scenes, or what, I don't know, whatever the hell you want to call it. Interesting tidbits about Sir Ridley Scott. So let's just back and forth a little bit of those interesting tidbits, and then we'll get into our breakdown, our top ten. Okay. Uh, I'll start off. First of all, one of the things I I had heard of this before, but I wanted to bring it up again. It's just brilliant. I love it. Personally sketches all of his storyboards. That says a lot about a director and, uh, you know, somebody who does his own editing, that while he's directing, he's thinking about editing, he's thinking about cross-cuts, he's thinking about... Uh, coverage. He's thinking of these things while he does his storyboards. Having the ability to draw his own, sto- own storyboards means that he's already doing, you know, his first round of edit, his first round of direction, so that when he gets to actually on set on day, it's much easier to breeze through those things. And you might not even realize it unless you've uh, worked on a set for a day. But that stuff comes in very handy. So he obviously, when he's on set, he knows what he wants. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I also had a couple notes here. Uh, Sir Ridley was knighted in 2003 for his substantial contribution to the British film industry. I thought that was very interesting that... Yeah. Um, yeah, he was... Sir Ridley, so... Yeah, yep. <laughs> I know. I thought that was cool. And yeah, you're right. He has a lot of movies that he's made, and there are, unfortunately, when you make that many movies, you're bound to have a couple duds, and I do think that he does, he does have a couple duds. Oh, which he does. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that probably a little bit later here. Yep, I agree. Um, okay, uh, this I thought was just funny. He has worked with three Aragorns. Sir Robert Stevens played uh, Aragorn on the radio broadcast. John Hurt 
uh, voiced Aragorn in the uh, Bakshi, Ralph Bakshi animate, animated film Lord of the Rings, and Viggo Mortensen, uh, who played Aragorn in uh, the Peter Jackson movies, was in G.I. Jane. Just ah. interesting, weird little crossover. Yeah. That... Cool. Back um, to you. And the only other thing I have of mention is his brother is Tony Scott. Tony Scott's no longer with us, um, which I got to say, um, got to give Tony Scott credit here. He committed suicide uh, because he had an inoperable brain tumor from what I remember. Yeah, I've heard and that. He, he, leapt off, he leapt off a bridge and you know what? Or a, yeah, a bridge, I believe. And it's like, you know what? He, uh, he went out. That's just crazy so uh, tony scott <laughs> yeah i just like you know what uh f it i'm out of here i'm i'm yeah. done i've said all i need to say for right now bye <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah i i still could never do that because my luck it would be the day after i did that they would suddenly discover a cure for brain cancer yes. or whatever like so I, i'll yes. be hanging around forever yeah <laughs> um on uh to push further on that, uh, uh, find an, I found a note that said five members of the Scott family are directors. Tony, obviously, uh, and Ridley. And then three of Ridley's kids are acclaimed directors of commercials, which a lot of people go, okay, they found their way in the business because of Dad, and they're directing commercials, so they might not be that big a deal. But when Ridley got his start, he set up a company with his brother, Tony, uh, where all they did was make commercials for years before they made movies. Ridley says, quote, he had a hand in roughly 2,700 commercials. Whoa. That's a lot of commercials before he got into his uh, directorial debut, which was The Duelists, and he won uh, awards at, uh, I believe it was Cannes. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, a couple other real quick tidbits. He was 39 years old when he directed The Duelists. That was his first feature film. Wow. So if you ever think you're too old to start directing, you're, you're wrong. not. And I yeah. believe that, um, oh, what's his name? He'll be on this director spotlight someday, but um, he directed Cache and, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name. Michael Haneke? Is... Yes, Michael Haneke. Thank you. He, he was like in his late 40s or early 50s when he first directed his first film. And he's been making them like crazy ever since. And now he's like really old. Uh, yeah. He made uh, Funny Games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Right. He makes hardcore cinema. But he was like even older than that, I believe, when he started. Uh, okay, anyway, back to Ridley Scott. Um, he likes the growing digital medium because less restrictive. For example, he said, you can have a four-hour movie... And pause to go get a beer, and nobody cares. It's not like the old days where you're stuck in the cinema to see that movie, and that's it. So they had time restrictions. Um, and that's all I got. Yeah, director's cuts. He's huge on director's cuts. And much, much like uh, Peter Jackson, I wait for his director's cuts. I, yeah. I appreciate what he's doing on, his, on the theatricals, and I understand the time restrictions, but when it comes to those two guys these days... I wait for judgment till I see the director uh, director's yeah. cut. Thanks to like Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> yes, mainly like Kingdom that. of Heaven. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the uh, break them down the the top ten from the director, and we're going to start with number ten, work our way to number one. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. 
Uh, and then once we're done with this, I I wouldn't mind chiming in just real briefly on the misfires because I've got one, two, three. I've got four misfires, and some of them are not huge misfires, and then there is one or two that I think. Eh. Yeah, more than that, I want to talk honorable mentions and movies of his that I haven't seen because I have not seen his entire uh, filmography. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, so uh, okay. just to cover our bases, and I don't want to do yeah. that first because that'll spoil the top ten. <laughs> That's right. Well, for number ten, I have Matchstick Men. I thought that Matchstick Men was uh, one of his uh, more low-key movies and also one of uh, Nicolas Cage's best movies. Yep. I agree. That's a fine so, place to put it. <laughs> yep. It, it was very good. That's actually one of, if not the only movie that my wife can stomach with Nicolas Cage. She hates Nicolas Cage, <laughs> but that's one where she really enjoyed that movie. It is a good so. movie. It's, a, it's very uh, subtly directed. Especially yeah. for uh, for him, Scott. yeah, yeah. Uh, number ten, I had Legend. I, Legend had to make the list for me, uh, just because it's. I know it's early for Mister Scott, and it's rough around the edges, and a very young Tom Cruise and all. But some of the makeup design on that movie, and some of the 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 shots with the willows flying through the air, it, it's I, I it's got so many good shots. I can't not put it on this list. Um, and if you are a fantasy fan and you haven't seen it, you should check it out because it's yep. pretty good. Number nine. Number nine for me is Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. And this is a good example of director's cut versus theatrical. I enjoyed the theatrical version. And uh, the director's cut, while not adding near as much as something like Kingdom of Heaven, definitely improves the movie. And I do think that, that Robin Hood is... Uh, is a, a very good movie. Not near his best, but I really enjoyed it. It's almost like Gladiator Light, I guess you could say. Uh, kind of. Uh, it, it has that feel, but I, I enjoyed it, and my wife loves that movie. So, uh, uh, It's on my honorable mentions list. I've only seen it once, and I was not terribly impressed. I mean, it was okay for a Sir Ridley Scott light, but I was expecting quite a bit more. I just, again, it's that prequel thing, and I freaking am not a fan of the prequels uh the prequel idea but i need to give that one another chance i'm not sure if i saw the theatrical or director's cut so again i need to give it another chance gotcha uh, number nine for me is american gangster you throw denzel into a picture and make him a gangster that's pretty much a given thumbs up for me but ridley did a great job of developing this true story into a very cinematic uh it, it's his almost as good fellas is it as good as good fellas no but it's still very very watchable that was a very good piece of film i thought yeah um, and i think it's get, gotten undercut i don't think it gets quite the credit that it deserves but yep. that could just be me okay number eight number eight for me is body of lies nice Yep, uh, I uh, jumped. <laughs> I jumped up numerous stars on my second viewing due to due to this show and uh, and you talked me into watching it again. This is one that I watched uh, the first time with my wife, who did not like the movie. And it's something about sometimes if you watch a movie with someone that very obviously does not like it, it it can cause you yourself to not enjoy it quite as much and. Mm-hmm. I was expecting, I'm not sure, I honestly, I was not sure what I was expecting, but I was like, eh, whatever. I bought the Blu-ray and I sold it. Well, I watched it again, 
and I thought it was fantastic. And I went out and bought the Blu-ray again for like a <laughs> buck or two. So, uh, but it, it it really is a great movie. It's it's really good. And at this point now, we're starting to get close to where a lot of them are almost exactly the same for me as far as quality wise goes. Just black, or uh, I'm sorry, black. Uh, Body of Lies was that was a damn good movie. I completely agree. And I was going to mention that too. That uh, there's a certain line in here where. As I was arranging my top ten, I'm like, well, I love this movie, and I love this movie. How can I put one above the other? Well, this one is a little bit more of a complete film. That is, the one I put a hair lower might have one little plot hole gap, or a couple of plot hole gaps, or maybe that one scene was a little weird, but it's so cut in hairs. It's just, there's a few in there that are masterpieces that I just gotta give you the little bit of a bump. Uh, at any rate, number eight for me is Matchstick Men. I, I really like the film, and I wanted it on my list, but it's down there towards the bottom. It's good stuff, but it's not like, oh, kill yourself if you haven't seen this. Uh, yeah. Next up would be number seven. That's Hannibal. And the only reason that Hannibal dropped uh, this far is because it has one or two of those little things that just prevents it from being a fully complete film. You know what I mean? And it's not to say that everything above it is 10 out of 10. It's not that, but it's sort of like, well, now we're into the nines, <laughs> and some of these are nine and a half, you know, the, the, and it's yeah, the, I know. The, the end of Hannibal. I love the movie, but the, the very, very end, all of a sudden it's like, wow, we veered into B-movie real quick for a minute there. What was that? You know, yeah. and it's just like really hard to swallow, even if it is, no pun intended, even if it is, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true <laughs> or realistic or yeah. uh, uh, medically viable. How about that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Number seven for you. Number seven for me is Black Hawk Down. I, th- I thought that and this is a rough movie. This is not one that you watch uh, a couple times a year. This is one that you watch every maybe once every five years. But I thought it was very well done. My biggest complaint with this movie, honestly, was uh, all the soldiers have helmets on uh, for most of the movie, it seems like. And it's almost like they're interchangeable. You don't know who's who. But as far as the chaotic uh, the realism, it, the, it's captured. It, it, you feel dirty watching this movie. Uh, it's a very good war movie. It's just it's rough goings, and it's, it's a tough watch, but I like it. I like war movies, and... It's uh, not my favorite war movie, but it's up there. It's a good movie. Very good movie. It is well made, but it's wholly unwatchable to me. It didn't even make my list. Wow, uh, really? I watched it once, maybe twice, and it's, it's a, it, it is a very well made movie. I'm not knocking it. It's just, I, it's not entertainment to me because it's so, it's like Hamburger Hill. You remember Hamburger Hill? Oh, I do, yes. Yeah, that's a war movie you watch one time and you're done because it's so brutal and true to, probably real life that it's it it's not entertaining uh that's all i'm gonna say about that okay uh number six for me is body of lies i'm one of the few people that have defended that movie from the beginning and it's it's very hard to make a uh war movie about uh current war events especially iraq uh, an unpopular war but i thought this one did a very good job of um portraying both sides of whatever conflict, uh, well, whether it's Pakistan or Iraq or whichever way you want to uh, bend it, without really picking a side. You know what I mean? I thought it was yeah. just very neutral. It's the Switzerland 
of Iraq war movies. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was kind of needed for the since it's dealing with the current Iraq and our current uh, uh, conflict, and uh, history hasn't really decided on all that yet. Um, and I'll jump back to you for number six. Okay. Number six for me is, uh, and don't laugh, but number six for me is Blade Runner. Um, I, I, I love the movie. It's a bit dated, but it's still very powerful. Uh, I still like it, especially in the, uh, the newest Blu-ray version that has been out now for several years. Uh, it, it's a great science fiction movie, it, although it's not my favorite from Mr. Ridley Scott. I will, it's, it's sir, it's not mister. Sir, let's, yes. Let's get it right. <laughs> I'll come over here and put a sword in you. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to laugh at you until I hear your top five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Number five for me is Prometheus. Uh, while a lot of people, it seems to be so divisive, this film, and I do not understand why, uh, it's like so many people hate this movie. It's love it or hate it, love it or hate it. And for me, it seems like you either really love it or you should be mildly indifferent at worst. I mean, I don't yeah. understand why it it brings up such vitriol in people. But, I mean, it, and again, it's it's at five because it's not a complete film. It has a couple of aspects of plot holes and issues where you're like, why'd you do that? Why would you pet the space serpent? Let it go, you know? Uh other than that, yeah. if you if you can let some of that stuff slide, oh, by the way, petting the, the space serpent, that's the kind of thing that is in every science fiction future alien movie ever. They're, they're always investigating shit. It's, the, it's yeah. that horror movie thing where you're going, don't go into that room. Why would you run upstairs? Why would you do... People just do shit in horror movies. And this yeah. is a horror movie, and people do stuff like that. It's... Yeah. Uh, I, it, get, it makes me so mad when people get hung up on on something like that, and it's like they do that in every movie. Why are yeah. why are you singling out this film? Yeah, is it stupid? Yes, but it's in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at any rate, no, I I, no, I I was able to let that kind of stuff slide as just being oh well that guy's an idiot and move yeah. on. Yeah. Number five for you. Number five for me is Kingdom of Heaven director's cut only. Of course, obviously. Yes. Uh, and, and the only thing I'm going to chime in on uh, Kingdom of Heaven is this is such a huge night and day different f- difference from the PG-13 rated uh, theatrical version. I did not really like the theatrical version. I watched it one time and I'm like, that wasn't a very good movie. And I'm not sure if you told me you got to watch the director's cut and I gave it a chance. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, this is a whole different movie, a whole different experience. Yep. And uh, it's a fantastic movie. It's it's Epic. It's, it's an epic. epic. It's like one of those David Lean, uh, Lawrence of Arabia type epics. It's that big. Yeah. I loved it. Fantastic. I, I completely agree. Uh, number four for me is Gladiator. And the reason that it dropped to number four is because some of the aspects of it are... Um, what's the word? I don't even know what the word is. A little showy, a little pushing too hard to be epic... Let me have Enya singing while I walk with my hands waving through the grains. And it's like, yeah, eh, it's a little, little bloated uh, on some of those respects. And it's also um, a little hard on the rewatch with the uh, Joaquin Phoenix and his sister subplot. You know, it's like, I think about that a lot. Like, uh, oh, I'm in the mood for 
an epic kind of sword and sandal thing. Gladiator? Oh, there's that whole disgusting half an hour where they look like they need some sun and they're talking about, ah, just, no. Yeah, eh. screwing each other. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, eh. So, on, because of those couple of things, it fell a couple of slots because we're always adding rewatchability into this. Yes, we uh, are. Number four for you. And this one here is the first one on this list that we are on the same number for. Is number four for me was Gladiator. Awesome. Uh, and it, it's a great movie. It really is a great movie. There are a couple of hiccups along the way, but it still is shot exquisitely. Russell Crowe, this is what made Russell Crowe the huge star that he is. Um, it's, it, loved the ending. I loved the, uh, him as the... He was perfectly cast, I thought. Yeah, I agree. He's, uh, I agree. Yep. Uh, number three for me is Kingdom of Heaven. And the reason it got moved up is because I felt it's a, just a little bit more complete than Gladiator. It mm-hmm. has a few less hang-ups. And uh, obviously I'm talking about the director's cut. The theatrical cut, mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. I watched it and I, I liked it, but I was like, boy, this feels really kind of broken. Like there's something, like it's re- it feels like it's got scenes missing and there it kind of scenes begin and end kind of at random here at a few spots and it it's just it feels kind of broken and yeah. i gave the when i found out the theatrical cut was so much longer it was like okay i gotta give that a shot and that's when i began uh trying to talk you into watching it again which took some time it did yes, obviously it did. because it's a long film and that's understandable but man that director's cut is just it's it's night and day. It's not even the same yeah. thing. It it very easily moved into like I said a David Lean Lawrence of Arabian thing uh, Arabian yep. thing. And it's 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 an epic and it's fantastic and it's amazing and I love it. Yep. Number three. Great. Number three for me is Hannibal. Now this is where the horror guy in me comes out. Uh, I have it higher on my list than you. Obviously, I'm a huge horror horror fan. Um, and I revel in stuff like the ending of Hannibal. I thought that that was just a brilliant, sick and twisted, darkly comic uh, end. I, I thought it was great. Uh, I loved I loved everything about it. I, honestly, the only thing I didn't much care for that movie was... Um, uh, what's her name? Redhead. Julianne uh, Moore. Yeah. Upon rewatching, she's the... Uh, weak she's link? The worst. Yeah, she is the weak link. <laughs> But everything else, I just I liked the fact that it was almost a sick black comedy versus Silence of the Lambs, which was more of a thriller horror movie. This was more of a really icky black comedy. I liked that. I am not a Julianne Moore fan. I'm sorry, uh, listeners, if you're just now finding this out, but I am just not a fan. Yeah. Uh, she's done some good stuff, and uh, she seems like a very nice person. I'm not against her in any way, but some of her acting, I'm just like, oh, boy. He yeah. has killed 12 people, and he will kill you, too. Oh, yeah. my God. And Hannibal, I'm going, oh, oh, Lord, why? <laughs> uh, now, well, Boogie, I'll tell you, Boogie Nights, fantastic. She uh, was great in Boogie Nights. She was actually really good in, uh, was it The Forgotten? Forgotten. I love own that movie. Yeah. Good. Yes. Very yeah. good. Um, oh, damn it. What is that one? Uh, Big oh. Lebowski. Oh, okay. she was good in that movie too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, no. Okay. Um, I got one more. Uh, oh my god. Wes Anderson. He did. Um, he did the one. The one with Tom Cruise. The early one where the. the oh, the Magnolia. Film. 
Yeah. She was fantastic in Magnolia. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. But then she goes and does, you know, 50% of her work. I'm just like, oh, Jurassic Park 2, kill me. Oh, yeah. You just... Yeah. It, oh, hurts. Oh. Painful. Yeah, but I but I gotta say I really did like Hannibal. I like I I, I, I do too. Her. I really like the movie despite her though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, yep, that's my number three. Number two for me is Alien, and I love the movie. The only reason that it probably is not getting the number one spot is because I feel it's slightly overshadowed by its sequel. Yeah. Its sequel is everything that I wanted it to be for a sci-fi dork, but I'm the sci-fi dork, so yep. bear yep. that in mind. Now, horror dork is probably going to have it number one. We'll see. What do you got for number two? Number two is Prometheus. For oh me. no way! <laughs> uh, I love Prometheus. I do, uh, and everything you said applies here. Yeah, there is some. There is a couple of far-fetched things, but it's a science fiction horror movie. Deal with it. Do I, w- I, I wish that there would be a director's cut, but thus far there isn't. But the uh, theatrical cut is just fine for me right now. I think it's a great movie. And the 3D is spectacular on this movie. It's, am- it's amazing. I agree. It's, there's, when it comes to 3D, there's Avatar, and then there is Prometheus. Yeah. I saw it like three times in the theater because I was like, I'm not going to get the chance to see this 3D again, uh, at least this good. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Okay, number one for me, sci-fi dork, obviously, is Blade Runner. Sorry, yeah. but I absolutely adore this film. It's a uh, one of the probably five pinnacles of science fiction in cinema. I love it. Now, a lot of people say... Well, it only has its pacing because they had so many problems with uh, money, and 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 it's it's one of those productions that were extremely troubled along yeah. the way, and it only got its uh, greatness because of how troubled they, they were forced to make shortcuts here and there, and that's why they did this, and that's why it looks that way, and uh, you know it was all kind of a fluke. And I look at you and I say, I don't give a shit. Look at this it's... movie; it kicks ass. And yeah. I, the only thing that I would say as a negative for this movie is all the different cuts. It's very annoying that there's so many different cuts and I, I, because I, I love uh, this part of that cut and I love that part of that cut and I kind of wish I had my ultimate cut which would be a little bit of everything but not quite everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the problem when you have this many cuts. Everybody wants a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you, you yep. can't have it all. As it is, I will take Mr. S- Sir, sorry, Sir, Sir Ridley Scott's final cut as the yep. final final and I still loved it. It's fantastic. Yep. Number one for you. Okay, and of course number one for me is Alien. The Counselor. Oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Upon repeat using, I'm right there with you. Aliens is the pinnacle of that series. It is. Yeah. Uh, but for Ridley Scott, it, for a movie made in 1979... Uh, the special effects hold up immensely well. The the claustrophobic feel of the of the ship, everything about it works perfectly to make the ultimate haunted house movie in space. And it, I I love it. I love everything about that movie. Uh, in fact, I don't know if there's one single thing I would change about that movie, both with the theatrical version and his director's cut. I've watched both numerous times, and either e- either one of them works for me perfectly. 
I agree. Um, I agree. And especially, uh, it's amazing what came out, uh, what the end product was, considering that they were going for a uh, low budget B movie. You know, he made he he made a, one independent film, so uh, he got this sci fi thing. So considering what came out of that, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, that movie uh, spurred a whole subgenre of, of. It, it's it's it oh it's 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 alien in the water. Taglines. Yeah. It's a movie. Yeah, it's, it's alien in water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's alien in the desert. It's alien here. It's alien. Yeah. So it. Great movie. In space, no yeah. one can hear you cry and whimper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. So so now, what about the misses? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's touch on that real quick. Uh. Honorable mentions for me, G.I. Jane, which is a serviceable film, but it gets way into this the the newfangled shaky cam at the time, which is yep. I'm right there with you on that. That that's honorable mention. Black Rain, I I, I I enjoyed because I can watch Michael Douglas do anything. Uh, Black Hawk Down, Robin Hood, the, uh, which were I would give passing thumbs up, but I didn't love. Uh, not seen for me, Thelma and Louise, White Squall, The Duelist, Someone to Watch Over Me, Exodus, A Good Year, and 1492 Conquest to Paradise, which is on Netflix. So we need yes, to get around is. to watching that. I know, I agree. Uh, the only one that would get a really hardcore thumbs down for me was The Counselor. And I want to yeah. give it another chance, but my God, I, I've ran it on that one enough. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the only one that I'm going to touch on, I have some some honorable mentions in this. We're already. I want to. I want to. Well, I want to hit on some recently watched. So the only thing I'm going to chime in on real quick is Exodus: Gods and Kings, his most recently uh, made movie. Uh, that one there, something is broken on that movie, and and it, it's unfortunate because the everything about uh, Exodus, like it feels like Gladiator with Kingdom of Heaven with. Robin Hood all mashed together, but something is off. And, and we've and I've talked about this already. I don't want to spend much time on it, but something is broken. And I'm not sure if a director's cut will fix it or not, but at this point, it is definitely a... It's it's a middling thumbs up, but it's still for him. It's a thumbs down. Yeah. I so, understand. Yeah. And I will say that, that uh, uh, Legend is, for me, an honorable mention. I still enjoyed that movie, but... Uh, it, it that would have probably been number eleven for me. Is, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. It's it's kind of broken, and you can tell that it's a young director making that movie. Yes, and that's yeah. okay. I just I, I happen to like it just a little bit more than Black Hawk Down and Black Rain and what have you. Yep, gotcha. Uh, and to close out our director spotlight, as always, is a quote from the man himself. <clears throat> he says, "I am a yarn teller." My job is to engage you as much as I can and as often as I can. I love the process. I don't get attached to anything. I'm like a good antique dealer. I'm prepared to sell my most valuable table. And that Ooh. makes for a good storyteller. And with yes, that, it does. let's move into recently watched and talk about movies that are probably way shittier than anything Ridley Scott makes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last episode I teased Inferno from Dario Argento, right? I believe? Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, I also called it, a.k.a. Lots of Cats, because there's lots of freaking cats in this movie. Why? This is supposed to be a sequel to Suspiria? Yep. Yeah? But it's kind of like everybody showed up, everybody from Suspiria showed up, uh, all the people that made it, and were like, 
let's do that again. We got crazy colors and uh, crazy witch stuff and, and, and this crazy school. And we'll just kind of throw Goblin. random crap in there and it'll be awesome. And everybody will say it's called amazing. But everybody was just kind of like mailing it in until the end, which is kind of cool. It was, you know, the color palette is so weird that it's very watchable. But eh, it's not Suspiria. It's like trying really hard to be Suspiria and it's not. Yeah. It's okay, I guess, but <laughs> eh. Over to you. Yeah. Gotcha. I understand. I understand the complaints. I've watched it numerous times. I like it more and more each time I watch it, but I will totally admit that, yeah, the first couple times I've watched it, I bet, I bet I've watched the movie at least five or six times, uh, I was like, eh, but the more I watch the more I'm like, ooh, the color palette's cool, though, and the goblin score is cool. <laughs> And the creepy skull-faced thing at the end is yeah. cool. And like, oh, maybe, right. You know, uh, maybe it'll grow on me. This is my first watch, so maybe it'll grow yeah. on me. We'll see. Okay, well, I'm going to first just, just in like 30 seconds, get rid of a couple of duds off of Netflix. Knock yourself Killer off. Killer Legends is one of them. That was... Oh, no good? Oh, terrible. Well, no, no, no. It, I gave it one and a half stars. Okay, so it wasn't terrible. It was just bad. <laughs> was it an actual documentary, though? Um, yes. Yes, it is. And th- herein lies the problem of, of this movie. Um, the stories that these, that it's a husband-wife uh, director or team, whatever, are doing, the stories themselves are actually interesting, mm-hmm. but they themselves are morons. <laughs> and they look, and, they, and here's the thing, they look like morons. <laughs> so whenever, whenever they're on camera, it's like they're bad actors interviewing people like real people and inter- like talking about real stories the stories are fine the stories are fascinating um but it's like oh you look like and they, they just they're they're overacting and and it's almost exploitative like they're almost like enjoying talking about these real people that were really murdered and these real kids that were abducted and murdered and it just uh, I, that I, doesn't that's not good no i did not i didn't like it so um, I have a feeling it, you're going down my list from last roulette. Is that what's yes. going to happen? Okay, go go ahead. Next. Yeah, so that one's checked off. Next up is uh, Frankenstein 2004. <laughs> oh, come on. Please be good. Um, it was not bad. Okay, okay. It wasn't bad. It, uh, it, I, I read up on it when it was done. I'm like, you know, there is a lot of good ideas in this. And there are some really good moments in this movie, but something that seems off, and there was. Uh, there was a big rift between Dean Koontz and the makers of this. And this was supposed to be, this was like a, a part one of a miniseries. And uh, it just, things went really bad behind the scenes. Why? Really bad. Why, Dean Koontz? You have no yeah. career in Hollywood, and it's uh, Frankenstein yeah. that you're working on. But But uh. the story itself... The core story is really cool. Um, but it was good enough to where I'm like, that was worth one watch. I'm like, that was not a horrible movie. That was worth one watch. I'm going to check great. that out. Yeah, and the end, and just be, to prepare you, seriously, the end is a uh, is setting itself up for a miniseries. So just so you know, this was supposed to be a miniseries that never happened. So when it's done, you're like, oh. Okay, well, nothing was really wrapped up, or very little was wrapped gotcha. up. No so problem. just keep that keep that in mind. But a very mild thumbs up. But regardless, it was there was enough stuff that I enjoyed it for one time. A passing curiosity. Yes, and then the last movie that was on the roulette is Devil's Backbone, Texas. 
Zero stars. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the whole thing? I watched about 45, 50 minutes, and I'm like, you know what? My life, I'm a, I'm 40 <laughs> years old. I don't have time for this shit. I told you it was the, lo- the longest shot. <laughs> yes, it was horrible. Bad, bad fake... It's a it's a found footage thing of a bunch of morons walking around the woods acting like it's Blair Witch Project. It was terrible, terrible movie. So, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, so th- okay. there's there's that. Good to know. So, Thank so, you very so much. So we we I, we did good on roulette last week by picking the ones that we did. <laughs> good, good to know. Uh, okay, I'll knock a couple off my list here. Uh, Sleepaway Camp Two, Unhappy Ooh. Campers. Oh, please uh, say you liked it. <laughs> Really? No. Yeah. Oh, that no, was I, awesome. I'm, I'm not saying I'm wild about it, but you're going to be disappointed if I'm like, eh. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, I'm a happy camper. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen's sister. You see? Yes. It was sister. I thought it was daughter. Uh, oh, anyway. whatever. One of them. I. Whatever. <laughs> Progeny, sibling, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I... So, <laughs> so, it's obviously hard to make a sequel to a movie that's uh, biggest selling point is the twist ending. Okay? Let's, yeah. That's, it goes without saying. So, I love Sleepaway Camp, as you do, obviously, that, that, yeah. but it's all about that ending. Yeah. Uh, so, how are you going to follow that up? And they're like... Well, she's all grown up now. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's something Thing. DNA, <laughs> and, and uh, so then she just goes around and kills unhappy campers or something, and is just terrible at dialogue. But she's still very watchable. She looks yeah. like somebody I've seen before, and I can't peg who. Anyway, it was it was okay. I mean, I. Now, honestly, it's a bad movie. Let's not lie. Yeah, oh, it is. Oh, it's it is. It's a bad yeah. movie. But it's one of those where if you're looking for a camp slasher, you could do worse. I was yeah. amused. I yeah. watched it all the way through, no problem, and moved right yeah. on to Sleepaway Sleep Camp, camp 3. 3, Teenage <laughs> Wasteland. Now they're even Bruce Springsteen's sister daughter is really mailing it in. Even she yeah. is just like... Oh, I've got lines that are puns for death. Yeah. Stab. Yeah. And and her hair is even more somehow eighties uh, or something. It even is more nonsensical. I'm going to camp and I killed your son of the one counselor who's now a yep. de- ex cop whatever. Uh, but I watched the thing all the way through I gotta tell you, you've put way worse movies on the roulette. Yeah, there you go. Maybe uh, you have lowered my bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, did you did you like the the, the shit sisters from part two? <laughs> oh yes, yes, that was funny. Uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. It, it's got amusing moments. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I watched them. I was just like, yeah, hey, hey, hey. yeah, hey. yeah. It, yeah. It's you know I I it's will say zero this. calorie, um, not painful. Yep. I, I will say this: I watched Sleepaway Camp Part Two before I ever watched the first Sleepaway Camp, way, way back in the VHS days. So, I mean, the, my first experience with that series was that comical Sleepaway Camp Part Two, yeah. And then, and then I watched Part One, which is nothing at all. I mean, it's the farthest thing from yeah. the sequels. I agree. Um, 
So, and that may have had something to do with the fact that I really dig part two and three just because I, I remember those as like, oh, I remember when I saw that the first time and I'm like, this is so cool. Some skinny little weird chick killing, killing <laughs> bad, you know, bad actors. and Oh, and she's uh, great. Uh, she's a great actress. Eh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And especially at the end of three where it's just like, okay, now I'm going to kill you. And she's like, oh, I'm dead. And then she dies, and you're like, huh? What? Like, yeah. That was just god awful. But yeah. it was still funny. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Somebody really needs to make a part four. Is there a part four? There is, but it has supposedly nothing to do with the other ones. I've oh, never watched because somebody, somebody needs to make one where it's just like this this broad just comes back and just starts killing, it, and there's no explanation to tie it together. Just yes. because. Like, yeah. we don't even care. That's the way it should be. Yeah, well, at least, I mean, here, it was a springboard for her to get off to a lucrative career. And, I mean, now we yes. both know how, how huge of yes. an actress she she's is. So, so I understand. That, she's so big that we don't even know if she's sister or daughter. Yes, or still alive. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So, next up. Uh, <laughs> yes, please, go ahead. Okay, so now I'm going to touch real quick on a uh, a recent release on Netflix, and I am so I'm so shady on the new horror Netflix releases because so many of them suck. However, there is always that gem in the rough, and I found it a gem in the rough. I I consider it to be a gem in the rough. Uh, Starry Eyes. Oh, I you watched, watched that? Oh, that was on I watched that last yes. week. Yep, I watched it and. Um, I gave it three and a half out of five stars, and um, it's all in the last. Uh, sometimes all it takes is a really good payoff, and this one has a pretty good payoff. But it's 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 it still has the HD thing going on, and there's things about it that you probably wouldn't like, honestly. But it was competent. It was well made, and you could tell that they were really trying to do something different and trying to make something a little bit more surreal and I, I dug it and that third act was killer it was it was killer so that gets a thumbs up from me I'll give and you I, a I, he, yeah I have I hesitate to say too much about it because it's one of those where the, the less said the better just go in and hopefully you'll like it um, there is some there is some low budgetness that pops up with the, some of the side characters that you're like, oh, you're not an actor, and you're trying to be an actor. But it's, you know, it's anymore for these newer movies. I'm just, I'm still, I'm trying to find good new releases, and it's harder and harder anymore to find I movies know. that, you know. That's this fine. Is one I'll, that, I'll give it a shot. It, it seemed like it had potential. It's just that cover was so terrible. Like it uh, is. It, it is so rough. But I'll give, yeah, you know, especially yeah. uh, one of us giving it a chance and and saying, hey, it's something. I'll I'll give it a shot. And yeah. then I'll this one here, I would, for the truth. Yeah, I would put I would put this in the same category as um, what was the movie that we both we both watched and it was a it was a good movie. Um, we've talked about it several times here. Give me, uh, give me re- something. Uh, recent release. Uh, the uh, the kid is. Uh, it's about a demonic kid. At um, the devil's door. Yes. No. No. Oh. Yes. At okay. the devil's door. Yeah. The cupboard monster With, and all that. Yes, that's the one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
So nice. it's it's it's, it's in that uh, vein. Uh, as, it, okay, it's on that level. Okay, yeah, that's. I would call that watchable. Okay. Okay. So that that is it's at that level. It's not going to be a wow. That was right. Awesome, but it's it's yeah. Okay, I got you. I'll give that one. I'll keep that one on the queue for sure. Uh, okay, another one I want to touch on that I thought I had touched on last week, but apparently I was only texting you about it instead of actually talking about it on the pod, and that is uh, the November Man. Oh, yes, I to touch on that one. Uh, I'm, I like Pierce Brosnan because of Goldeneye. And I talked about this last time we were talking about Top 100. Uh, obviously, every uh, Bond movie he made after that sucked, and one could actually argue he's made better Bond movies since he stopped being James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, even his misfires have been better than the Bond movies that he made after Goldeneye. And this one, I was expecting, I mean, expectations in the gutter. Absolute gutter, because he's made some serious crap. And it's always, I'm an assassin. I'm a CIA guy. I'm a government, sp- I'm a killer. I'm a whatever. And they've all been Meh, I mean, okay, that might have been watchable. This one, I'm calling borderline gem. Borderline gem. Not saying full on, but I'm saying you need to check this one out. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this film. Uh, It didn't go to places I expected it to go. It was not spoon-fed. You had to pay attention. And it was action every 10 pages whatever the Hollywood script uh, formula is they did that so it was like boom action scene intrigue 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 action scene enough to keep you involved for uh, both sides of uh, of the uh, wheel whatever you want to call it where you're just like if you're all about detective stuff or you're all about the action there was enough for both I, I think I think it was a great mix Maybe you'll watch it and be like, eh, didn't like it, no good. But I don't think you'll watch it and be like, I hated it. I would be surprised by that. But you need to give this one a chance. I know. Along with Hunting Party, which you haven't watched. They're both like top of my list right now. (laughs) Yep. They are. I was surprised by November Man. I really was. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm playing. Those are like, uh, I'm actually going to be in Florida next week, and those are two that I am planning on watching. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, I've got one more, and then I'm done. Uh, and that would be Savage Streets. Starring oh, my. I want to watch this so bad. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so good. It's everything I love about the 80s. It's the music, the fashion, the... It's just great. Um, it's basically you take Charles Bronson's Death Wish, part three, I guess, and turn the vigilante into Linda Blair. And there you go. If you <laughs> liked that, then you're going to like Savage Streets. Yeah. Um, what's, what's funny is um, there is a pretty graphic rape scene in this movie. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not a big fan yeah, of Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Here's the thing, though. It's with Lene Quigley. And she would be the uh, the chick that gets impaled on the deer antlers in Silent Night, Deadly oh Night. She's the, the, the nude yeah. chick in Return of the Living Dead. She's like a scumbag, slutty chick in every movie she's done. And then in this movie, she's a mute, goody-goody, two-shoes girl. And it's like, you're watching her and you're like, no, you're, you're wrong for that role. 
And so it takes it takes almost all the bite out of that scene away knowing that it's her because it's like you you're like trailer trash and everything that you do except this but was movie. She where good at, was she good in the role though? Or was it just your mm. perception from previous films? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will watch so, this movie and report back. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah. way. Side, side note, uh, Linda Blair won uh, Worst Actress at the Razzies for her role in this movie, just oh, so you boy. know. <laughs> uh, it's great though. It's it, That's all you need to know. It's 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 great. I loved it. I uh, the whole way through, I'm like this is just eighties, eighties grindhouse revenge. I mean, it's a, a total death wish knockoff. But it, so. so it's basically the best eighties movie where uh, Lena Quigley does not have sex on a grave, and uh, the chick from Exorcist does not get possessed. That's what you're. Yes, me. there you go. Yes, <laughs> yep. There you go. Back must, to you. Must watch immediately. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I have a few others that I want to talk about, but I'm going to go ahead and just save them for next time. Because oh. uh, I want to dive on them a little in-depth, and, and yeah, we're right at our perfect time frame for shutting yeah. down. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com. We're on Facebook, MovieFreaksPod. Please visit our friends, Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we'll see you later. Bye.